This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Today on the On Enquire podcast, we catch up with Rob Douster of Field of 68. He helps us preview a big-time basketball matchup between Illinois and Florida Atlantic. The Jimmy V Classic at Madison Square Garden tips off at 5.30 Central Time on Tuesday night. Big opportunity for this Illinois team coming off a 76-58 win at Rutgers. Really impressive win for Illinois. But Rob has been around this Florida Atlantic team that won 30-plus games last year, made the Final Four, and certainly does not look like a mid-major team. Had an early slip-up against Bryant this season, but since then has played really well. Five straight wins. They're a top-15 team in the country. Illinois top-25 team in the country. So let's go. Let's find out more about these teams and see if Illinois can maybe surprise people with a win over a Florida Atlantic team that a lot of people think is another Final Four contender again this season and certainly go in with a little bit better reputation. Uh, have scheduled very tough. They got a game against Arizona coming up as well. Uh, so they're boosting that resume. So it'll be a higher seed most likely than the 8-9 they were last year uh, as they barely got by Memphis in that first game. But Rob, great breakdown. He gives us his thoughts on Illinois as well and college basketball and the Big Ten at large. But before we get to Rob, it is transfer portal season. The portal opened up today as I record this on Monday, December 4th. No big surprise of Illinois entering the portal today. We've heard of uh, several names that have entered so far. Reggie Love was the biggest surprise um, so far. Brett Bielma said he wasn't surprised, but certainly a loss for Illinois. Can he be replaced? Potentially. Illinois has got some internal options. Keaton Fagan is the number one option at running back. Obviously, uh, Aiden Loffrey is going to have to step up. Can Josh McCray stay healthy? Jordan Anderson, can he make an impact after missing a season with injury? And the four-star freshman, Khalil Valentine, potentially could play a role early. So if you get something out of Loffrey and, and Valentine in that kind of quicker back role, then you could be okay. But Reggie Love, a solid player, is going to help somebody. Sean Miller, highly ranked recruit. He leaves after two really injury-plagued seasons. It stinks. Uh, Sean's a really good kid, really talented, but those injuries really hurt him. And, and Illinois upgraded in the wide receiver room. Ashton Hollins had a good year last year. We know Malik Elsey's going to have to play a big role. Pat Bryant uh, has emerged as a really good option for Illinois. So uh, he, 
Sean Miller looking for a better option. I don't think anybody's surprised that that he would be doing that after struggling to get on the field this first two years and stay on the field this first two years. Zachary Barlow, no surprise there. A veteran, just looking for a better opportunity. He was you know, a guy fighting for a two-deep spot at Illinois, uh, and Illinois continues to upgrade on the offensive line. So he just got a Ball State offer. Ball State was really involved, I believe, in his high school recruitment. That makes sense. Uh, and they've seen some walk-ons leave as well. So no huge surprises. There will probably be more attrition, I would imagine, for Illinois because they got to get under the scholarship limit here and they want to add more pieces. So I would expect a little bit more attrition. But, of course, we're focused on addition as well. Uh, I do think retention is really important for Illinois. So the fact that so far we haven't seen outside of love, big names, names Illinois wants to count on, um, you know, starters, potential stars enter the transfer portal, I think is a very good sign for Illinois and Brett Bielema, who's done a really good job of retaining his good players. And I, I know it's a lot more fun as a fan when you see these former four stars or maybe five stars transferring into your program. But for Illinois, I, I think the NIL priority has become retaining your good players. You know, retaining Johnny Newton, Keith Randolph, Isaiah Adams, Julian Pearl. I know it didn't work out with making a bowl game, but your team was far better doing that than adding a transfer here, transfer there, and losing those guys to the NFL or worse to another program. So keeping Gabe Ackes, Malik Elzey, you know, Pat Bryant, Luke Altmaier, guys like that, that, that is really important for your long-term future for Illinois uh, to keep those guys and to keep them in your program. Because you don't want to take a step forward by adding this transfer, but two steps back by losing some of your good players. So Illinois does not have the NIL of some of these SEC programs or top-tier Big Ten programs. So you got to use it wisely. Uh, and if that upsets you that, you know, Illinois doesn't have that NIL, then encourage your friends or yourself to donate. I know most of us don't have the money to do that, but um, – you got it. Winning games is really important. And this is, I think, Illinois retaining players is still the most important thing and best use of their resources. But that means they have to look elsewhere for players and evaluate well. And right now, most of their targets are at the FCS level. They land Clay Patterson and at the JUCO level. The JUCO level did not help all that much last year. In part, Desmond Schuster had a medical issue. But some of the guys they took did not make an impact, most notably in the secondary. Uh, Alex Capica-Jones at wide receiver did not make a big impact either. Um, So Illinois needs to find higher impact guys. I do think they found one in Daniel Brown. Watched film of him in the NJCAA Final Four. He's good. He's really good. I expect him to make a big impact, at least as a situational pass rusher, but I think he can be an every-down player and a really versatile piece for Illinois off the edge. He's 6'1", 240, a little undersized, but he's got strength to him, really good athleticism. But Illinois had a big get early on here. I'm not going to say this guy is going to be one of the best defensive linemen in the Big Ten, but I think he's going to be a quality starter in the Big Ten. Getting Yale graduate transfer Clay Patterson – was a big addition for Illinois. Number one, it addresses your biggest need, which is defensive line. Now, you could argue now that you had Patterson, offensive tackle is is the biggest need, but going in when you lose three defensive line starters, including the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year and Johnny Newton, a two-time All-Big Ten player, or three-time All-Big Ten player, Keith Randolph, and nose tackle Denzel Daxon, who only, 
uh, is out of eligibility, Brett Bielman told us the other day. They were hoping he would have another year, but that is not the case. Don't know exactly why, but you lose all three starters, and Denzel Daxon was good last year. So now you have to replace all three of those guys. I think Clay Patterson, I broke down his film in a piece today. I think he's got the strength. I think he's got the quickness to be a good three technique in the Big Ten. He's got to prove himself at this level. It's not going to be as easy for him. But he played a lot of defensive end at Yale the last couple years, and I do think his best position is three technique, which is the position Johnny Newton plays. We've been spoiled with Johnny Newton. I do not expect him or anyone uh, in this program's next five to ten years to make as big of an impact at that three technique as Johnny Newton. Maybe, you know, the next three decades. But I do think he can be an effective player. Can he make a Chunky Clements kind of impact? Can he make a Roderick Perry? He kind of played nose, but... Can he make that kind of impact? A guy coming from the lower level becomes a good Big Ten starter, has a chance to play in the NFL like Roderick Perry. He's been on, I believe, the Cleveland Browns the last couple of years. I think he can make that kind of impact. Now you got to add more. you got to add a, a five-tech, a defensive end that can replace Keith Randolph and compete with Sed McConnell or Alex Bray. You might need to add another nose tackle because I think T. Rye Edwards is a quality player, rotational player. He's proven that the last couple years. Uh, and he probably could have been good enough to start this year for Illinois, but Daxon proved to be better. But Edwards was a, a solid piece. You might need to add another nose tackle unless Jeremiah Warren uh, can be an impact player there. But elsewhere, Illinois looking at offensive tackles. That is a huge need for them, and we've seen them get involved with some guys here. Uh, defensive line-wise, I do want to mention Asian Shepherd, East Mississippi uh, Community College is a name to watch. The Illinois staff was uh, at the EMCC versus Hutchinson game, and uh, East Mississippi is loaded, just loaded with talent, and uh, they've offered some other guys from there. Joey Slackman from Penn, one of the top defensive line transfers in the country. I, I don't know if Illinois is going to be able to compete with the, the offer list he has, but I do expect Illinois to add at least one more defensive line transfer. But Illinois has been active in the uh, offensive line market. Remington Strickland, what a name. Texas A&M transfer. He's got offers from a lot of Power 5 schools. USC and Tennessee have gotten in there. Kansas, Houston, Arizona State. But Illinois offered and visited him. And uh, he's, a, he's a guard, former top 500 prospect. I think he would add immediate competition and potentially start for Illinois. Very talented player. Didn't play a lot at Texas A&M, which obviously has a lot of talent. Uh, some other players to watch. Matthew Bedford, Indiana, started at four different positions, both guards, both tackle spots at Indiana. I think Illinois is going to get involved there. There's two uh, tackles or two offensive linemen at New Mexico that Illinois is involved with, DJ Wingfield and J.C. Davis. I would expect them to be involved at least with one of those guys. And Luke Newman, uh, FCS All-American, had a phenomenal year at left tackle, 88.2 PFF grade, 92.5 PFF pass blocking grade. He told Alan True that Illinois is one of his top options, along with Michigan State, Purdue, Wake Forest, Vanderbilt, Kentucky. And uh, I expect Illinois to continue to look at JUCO options. Defensive backs, we've seen Illinois get uh, a lot of offers out there here recently. And we know, anyone who watched Illinois, they need competition. They need more talent. They need more depth. Can they evaluate here? Can they evaluate the guys they need to get? Because last year, they were able to add Demetrius Hill, who got injured. Clayton Bush made an impact. Nicario Harper didn't go as well as I think they hoped. And obviously Caleb Patterson and Prince Ford, the Juco DBs they added, did not make an impact at corner, which really hurt Illinois. So they've offered several JUCOs. Joshua Pierre-Lewis out of Iowa Western, former NC State cornerback, visited Illinois for an official visit a couple weeks ago. He's got other schools involved. 
uh, including Wisconsin, USF, Memphis. They offered Tyrane Stewart out of East Mississippi, Tyler Woodard out of East Mississippi. Two long, feisty corners they saw in person here this last week. They just offered Kansas State DB Will Lee out of St. Louis. Um, six foot three, 185 pounds, started every game for Kansas State, but he's also got offers from LSU, Arkansas, USC, Michigan State, Houston. Could be tough. They did just offer Chase Canada, not Chase Brown out of Canada, Chase Canada out of Trinity Valley Community College. They offered his brother Channing Canada last year, but uh, he went to TCU. But Chase is going to take an official visit to Illinois this weekend, so that sounds like a good chance for Illinois to add a defensive back. But I know what you're thinking. Another Juco corner, another Juco DB. I, I can't say that you're gonna, this is going to work out for Illinois. I can't say that going the Juco route or FCS route ultimately is going to propel Illinois forward, but this is the market that they are mostly in, and Brett Bielma seems to think they can get players at, whether he thinks they're feisty or hungry or won't hurt the culture that he is building at Illinois. So if you don't trust their evaluations, especially on these DBs, these Juco DBs, I get it because of what happened last year. But this is where they're at, and I think there's talent there. Like Chase Canada is a talented player. These other Juco guys are talented players. But Illinois got a hit on these. they got to have a way higher hit rate than they had last year in these underrated, undervalued guys. But I do think Clay Patterson is one of the better transfer additions they've added the last couple of years and certainly fills a huge position of need. I think someone like Daniel Brown probably be the second best Juco prospect I think Illinois has added in the last couple of years. I think Isaiah Adams when he signed with Illinois, I thought that was a big get and I thought he was really good. Some of these other guys were let's wait and see and a lot of them haven't worked out but Zy Chrysler I think has worked out despite a rough start to the season. He started two years. He's been mostly you know, good to serviceable at guard when he's played guard was not a good tackle last year after those injuries. Those guys have worked out. They need to have a higher hit rate though, especially with all that they're losing. So it's an important time for Illinois, but I do think if you're an Illinois fan, whether you trust it or not, or excited about it or not, you got to realize where they're looking for players. Cause right now it is Juco. It is mostly lower levels guys who didn't get a huge opportunity at the power five level. Like, that's where they're they're looking for most of these players. Will it work out? I have no idea. But they need to have a higher hit rate to have success going into 2024. So it's a huge time for them to add talent to this 2024 roster, to get it in here for spring and spring ball and not take shots in the dark. Because if they want to make a bowl game, they got to fill some big needs on the defensive line, offensive line, and defensive back. And then I think you can potentially look at wide receiver. If certain guys don't come back. And then tight end could be a position you could look at. Linebacker, maybe. Running back, I've been asked that a lot. That's a hard sell. When you got Fagan coming back, Anderson McCray, Lawfrey all coming back, a four-star prospect coming in. I think you might be looking at the walkout market to maybe beef that up. I just don't know if a, a veteran is going to take the chance at a running back room of all these guys – Brett Bielma recruited. All of these guys have promise. And when a four-star running back's coming in to help complement another four-star running back in Caden Fagan, I think that could be a tough sell. All right, when we come back, let's talk to Rob Douster about Illinois against Florida Atlantic, what he thinks of this Illini team, 
what he thinks of this Ford Atlantic team, and what he thinks about the rest of college football in the Big Ten. That's coming up next on the Online Enquirer podcast. You've heard us talk about home field apparel since the start of the season. There are a lot of collegiate apparel brands out there, but we wanted to partner with Home Field because their designs are the best out there. Some of Illini Enquirer's favorites are the Basketball Ringer Tee, the Rose Tee, and the 1980s Long Sleeve with the Script Illini. It's great. Be sure to check out homefieldapparel.com, filter by Illinois, and see what we're talking about. And our listeners get an exclusive deal using code Illini23. Using that code Illini23 gets you 15 percent off your first order we all know you're wearing a line eye gear so if you're in need of a refresh we really think that you should check out home field apparel which has the best designs and these shirts guys are really comfortable their designs are super unique and a lot of thought goes into each concept there's really nothing else on the market like what home field is doing you can find them at homefieldapparel.com and use code alini23 for 15 percent off your first order at homefieldapparel.com this episode of the Illini Enquirer podcast is presented by Underdog Sports. We see a lot of you are downloading Underdog Sports, using the promo code, and having fun, which we love to see. If you haven't already checked out Underdog Sports, be sure to do so. It's super easy to use. You go on the app, go pick whether favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total than what is listed. For example, Travis Kelsey, he's very popular these days. If his number is set at 50 receiving yards, and you know Taylor Swift is in the house, you may feel confident he's going to go way higher than the number. Do that with two to five different players and you're in business if you go five for five you can 20x your money so sign up today with promo code Illini and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store and don't forget to register with promo code Illini to get your first deposit doubled up to $100 there are a lot of fantasy companies out there but we decided to partner with underdog because it's the easiest place to play fantasy sports it's also the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry you must be 18 or older and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates terms apply concerned with your play call 1-800-522-4700 or visit www.ncpgambling.org all right happy to have on rob douster field of 68 covers it nationally rob uh looking forward to diving into this fau illinois matchup but uh you got to see this fau team up close and personal for a couple days like what stands out about this uh final four team that basically has everybody back i mean they're not a mid-major they uh they might play in the American Athletic Conference, but they're certainly not a mid major. They got a couple guys that are uh, going to be pros, going to make a lot of money playing basketball in the wings, and Elijah Martin and Janelle Davis. Um, they got a big guy in Vlad Golden that is seven foot one and a monster. You can't stop a one on one in the post. Uh, they have the size and athleticism that you would expect out of any high major basketball program. Like we, so we were down at the field of sixty eight tip off in Boca Raton over the weekend, and we got to see. Charleston up close and personal and we got to see Liberty up close and personal and we got to see FAU up close and personal and the one thing that stood out more than anything else about FAU was they just got they got dudes everywhere they got size they got athleticism they got physicality those guys don't look like mid-major basketball players at all they look like grown-ass men so how would how have they been able to do this Rob uh, to keep everybody in this day and age uh, to not lose your coach and Dusty May how, how have they built this thing and kept it well, I think part of it is that um, that Dusty ended up coming back, right? Like, there were some jobs that opened up. There was nothing that was obvious. Uh, when he was able to keep Janelle Davis and Elijah Martin from entering the transfer portal, I think that it kind of made his decision to come back a little bit easier, right? Like, if you lose your two best players 
and you have to come back to FAU, which is not historically a great job, it makes it a little easier for you to try to make a push. And, you know, maybe he can go try to get Ole Miss before they hire Chris Beard. Maybe he can go try to get something like a Penn State before they hire Mike Rhodes. So it's not the ideal job for him. But once you get back your two All-American candidates, once you know that you're basically returning eight of the nine guys that you had on your roster, uh, that makes it a lot easier to, to, to come back. And in, in turn, once you know you're getting your coach back and, and your two best players have already said they're, they're planning on coming back, then everybody else is like, okay, I want to be in on this as well. But I think it also speaks to the culture that they have developed. I know that's a buzzword in college basketball these days, but last year um, FAU's three leading scorers all came off the bench for the majority of the season, right? You look at it this year, and there's no egos on that roster. There's nobody that is like, sitting here saying, like, Vlad Golden's not upset if he misses a shot because it might move him down draft boards. Uh, we were there on Thursday night. Janelle Davis didn't have a field goal. He finished with two points. Um, he missed a layup, got an offensive rebound, had a chance to go back up. With it. It's the kind of thing most guys, if they have a chance to go pro, if they are on draft boards, might force it up, might try to get some extra points, might try to pad their stats when they're up by 30. But, nah, he's getting that offensive rebound. He kicked it out to a dude for a three when they were already up by 25. It's just there's a level of – uh, of, of community on that roster, of team building on that roster, of culture on that roster that you don't find in a lot of places. And it's uh, they are a fun team to watch. They are an easy team to root for. But I guarantee you that Brad Underwood has uh, spent the last couple of days sitting there losing a little bit of sleep about figuring out how the hell he's going to deal with these guys. Yeah, so I want to ask you about this matchup. But uh, after that weird loss to Bryant, they beat Butler, Texas A&M, Virginia Tech, Liberty, Charleston. These are all good teams. They beat Loyola, Chicago earlier in the year as well um for people that haven't seen them play for the Illini fans that haven't seen them play what is their style like how do they attack teams um well they're they're tough they're physical they're aggressive they're going to get after you defensively but I, I think where they're really a threat is on the offensive end of the floor because they they kind of play four round one like they got a big guy in Vlad Golden who is seven foot one you can throw the ball into him he can score over either shoulder he can pass out of double teams and uh they have three or four playmakers around him at all times that can take advantage of the fact that you have to make a decision on whether or not you're going to double team him. So they kind of play inside out, which is weird to think about when their two best players are both on the wing. Janelle Davis is more of the kind of like penetrator slasher, um, more of a, a natural score where Elijah Martin is the more athletic of the two, but he's more of a shooter than he is necessarily a guy that you're going to put on the island and let him kind of go one-on-one. -on -one. He's good when he can catch it, pump fake, and kind of get to his get to his right hand, but um, that's kind of what they are. D defensively, they're going to get after you. They're at their best when Golden's on the floor because they want to get out. They want to pressure a little bit. They want to try to make you uncomfortable um, defensively, and the way that they do that is by getting out and kind of overplaying on the perimeter a little bit. And that works a lot better when you got a seven foot one shot blocker back there. Um, that can really be a difference maker there. Uh, the, but the, the problem with them and the problem with preparing for them is they're, they're just so balanced. Like they have a lot of guys that make a lot of good decisions and you can kind of throw around all the buzzwords about them, but uh, you can, we can, like I just said that you want to throw the ball into him and have this guy beat you. Well, he was not very good in the first half. Uh, against Charleston, and they had the kid Giancarlo Rosado come in and had like 13-9 in the first half. So they're deep, they're balanced, they got kids that are willing to take sacrifices, they got kids that are willing to give the ball to the hot hand. It's everything that you want to see out of a basketball team, and uh, they just so happen to have like two or three dudes that are going to end up playing pro basketball on it. They're they're legit. They're, it, it's wild. They're one of the more unbelievable stories in, in college basketball, but it's uh, – 
It's been a lot of fun to watch them. Yeah. Well, Illinois, I got plenty of questions about their offense, Rob, going in against opponents like this in Tennessee this week uh, with the lack of a true point guard, kind of the talk of it around here at Illinois. But defensively, I think Illinois is legit. I, I think their size, their physicality. So what do you make about that going up against Ford Atlantic? Like what do we probably learn a lot about Ford Atlantic's offense, I would imagine, going against Illinois' defense? Yeah, I think so. I'm not, to be honest, like I, I, I'm not worried about that yeah. for FAU. I, th- I mean, they've been, they made it to the Final Four, right? right. They, they've played on big stages. They were, uh, you know, if Lamont Butler doesn't hit that shot at the buzzer, they are playing UConn for a national title, right? So it's they've been on the stage. They've dealt with teams that are good defensively. They've dealt with teams that are good offensively. There's nothing that you're going to do that can surprise them. Um, that said, I think that the matchup here is something where you should feel good about it if you're you're an Illinois fan um, because they are they're not going to get bullied right yeah. and that's the one thing that FAU can kind of do to some of these other teams and they even did it a little bit to you know like a Texas A&M and a Virginia Tech where they could kind of uh, they don't have to do it but they can kind of out athlete you right and that's not going to happen against Illinois. Illinois has got – I mean, their start lineup is basically what, like a bunch of guys that are six foot seven at Dane Danger, more right. or less. Um, so they they have they have the size and length, the athleticism. To me, the key is going to end up being kind of like what does Coleman Hawkins do against Flag Golden? Can they go to this smaller lineup? Is he going to be good enough on the defensive end where you don't have to put Danger on the floor? Because I think the advantage of being able, like, that's what makes Coleman so good, right? Like, he is, unless you're going up against one of the elite bigs in America, he makes it impossible for you to deal with him because, you know, you could basically play him as a point center if you need to mm-hmm. at times, right? And I don't know if that would necessarily work against a dude like Vlad Golden. Um, I'm also going to be very curious to see what Janelle Davis and Elijah Martin do against some of these these six foot six athletes that Illinois has. And I promise you, there's a lot of NBA scouts that are going to be looking for that same thing when they watch this game as well. Uh, but yeah, t- to me, it kind of comes down to that matchup at the five spot and and whether or not Hawkins is going to be enough defensively to allow them to play that small ball five out style. This is a weird question. Is Terrence Shannon the best player on the court tomorrow night? Um if if he is, I think Illinois will win. Right, like I, I think that uh, him, him, Nellie Davis, Elijah Martin, like they're all very, very good, and it's kind of like you know, yeah. everybody. Some people love vanilla ice cream. Some people love mint chocolate chip ice cream. Some people want to eat pistachio ice cream. It's like whatever your your favorite flavor is there. Uh, but he's if he is the best player on the floor, then Illinois is going to win this game. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What do you make of this Illinois team, Rob? 
I mean, they've the early returns are pretty impressive, right? Like you lose the only game they've lost is is Marquette, and everyone knows how good this Marquette team is. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, the only time Illinois has really been challenged so far was Marquette, and they lost that game at home. So uh, I guess it kind of depends on what your take was of them heading into the season because you can kind of make the argument either way. Like, hey, you know what? Look at them. They're blowing out Rutgers. They're blowing out Western Illinois. They're doing what they're supposed to in some of these matchups. And the other side of it is like, yeah, but if you're really that good, then you shouldn't be losing at home to a Marquette team that has Tyler Kolick with a bad ankle. Um, I think we're going to find out a lot about Illinois in these next five days and uh, how they do against FAU who plays a very different style than a team like a Tennessee that is wants to be physical and wants to kind of beat you up and is going to be built around what they do defensively. I think we learn a lot about Illinois um, this week. And if they go 2-0, then we're having a conversation about, you know what, maybe maybe outplaying Purdue in, is possible. Maybe they are a team that can win a Big Ten championship. And if they get smoked twice this week, then it's like, well, you know, maybe you have to have a conversation about whether or not this is a team that can get out of the first week. And maybe they are going to be a team where they got to get work done in February in the Big Ten just to be able to make the tournament. So um, I don't think it's either of those things. I think they'll probably, like if I had to bet on it, I think they'll probably split this week. Um, but it's we, we will ask me that question in about seven days, and I think I'll have a different answer than I do right now. It's amazing given where the program was like five, six years ago, Rob. But like winning mm-hmm. the Big Ten probably doesn't excite a lot of fans out there. It's just about getting to the second weekend of the tournament. You've covered this for so long. You know, you lose a game like the Loyola one, and it hangs over a program, especially when you don't get it You know, far in the tournament in those upcoming years. Is there any key, do you think, for Brad Underwood to get to the second weekend, or is it just good draw, good game on those days? I mean, it's all about the draw, right? And even if you have a great draw, um, think about it like this. FAU was able to make the Final Four. If things go differently in that first round game for the, I don't know how many Illinois fans watched it, but it was basically like a jump ball at the end that gave the ball to FAU instead of giving the ball to Memphis when they could have given Memphis a timeout. And then FAU turns around and goes and scores a game with a basket with the ball in their hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's that close to FAU losing in the first round of the NCAA tournament, if they lose in the first round of the NCAA tournament, you know, we're having a very different conversation about FAU heading into this season. Maybe Dusty May isn't coming back. Yeah. Maybe those two weeks, uh, that that experience they had for two weeks um, doesn't convince Janelle Davis and, and Elijah Martin to come back to school. And, and and it's amazing how, like, how many narratives can get changed because of one thing that happened in one game in March and it's college basketball, man, for, if you can't get excited about competing for a big 10 title, if you can't get excited about uh, the chance to, you know, maybe go out and knock off a Purdue and, and, and win the league, if you can't sit here and say, look, we have enough talent to win the big 10 tournament and get excited about it. Like what, what are you a college basketball fan for? Is it just for one run in March? That, that, that seems silly to me. Yeah, I think conference titles matter. I think conference record kind of tells you what you are as a program, but I get it. They're, they're just itching uh, for that long run. Um, your UConn Huskies take on UNC in the nightcap Tuesday at Madison Square Garden. Big-time matchup, Rob. What do you think of it? Uh, I think we're going to see a bounce back from UConn here. I think that uh, what Kansas was able to do defensively is, is something that is not going to be replicable by North Carolina. The long and short of it is Kansas switched everything one through four, took UConn out of what they wanted to do offensively, and UConn doesn't... UConn's built to be able to get points out of their offensive sets as opposed to getting points out of one-on-one basketball. And I don't think North Carolina has the dudes to be able to switch one through four, and I, I think UConn will win this game by 
10 or 12 points. It just, it, I think this is a very, very good matchup for UConn. I want to get your unvarnished thoughts, Rob, on the Big Ten. Go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's, I think it's more evenly distributed than maybe people were going to give it credit for. I think that when you see something like what happened on Friday night in Evanston, uh, Boo Booey, 31 points, nine assists, no turnovers, beat Purdue. That kind of tells you what you need to know about the conference as a whole. Um, that said, the fact that Michigan State is struggling is not necessarily a great thing for the league, right? Like, I think we all kind of expected them to be an actual national title contender. And if uh, if Michigan State isn't a title contender, like, is it just Purdue? Can Illinois get in that mix? Is Ohio State actually good? You know, what, what is going to happen with Wisconsin after what they just did against Marquette? You know, I know how good they looked in that win on Saturday. I know how good they looked down at Fort Myers when they beat up on Virginia. But I also watched that game when they lost to Providence by roughly 800 points. So <laughs> how good are they actually? It, it's, it's such a weird conference this year because what we thought we knew coming in I don't know, like, maybe it's maybe it's true, maybe it's not. Like, maybe Purdue is great again. Maybe they're actually beatable. I don't know. So, uh, to, I think the long and short of it is Purdue is probably still the favorite, right? And I don't think anyone would necessarily argue that. And once you get past Purdue, I think there's probably seven teams that could be the second-best team in that league. That might mean that they get nine teams that are good enough to make a second weekend. That might mean Purdue is the only team good enough to make the second weekend. That might mean no one makes the second weekend. But to me, that's just kind of where – you, know, you could say the exact same stuff about college basketball as a whole at this point. It's just with the the advent of the COVID year, with these guys getting fifth and sixth seasons, with everybody able to get the one-time transfers to allow some of these players from lower levels to move up. Uh, you got older guys, 23 and 24-year-olds, going up against some of these elite, talented freshmen. It just it's It's leveled the playing field to a point where I think you can make the argument that college basketball, top to bottom, is as good and as balanced as it's quite literally ever been in the history of the sport. Yeah, I was going to ask you: is is this the most parity you've ever seen in college basketball? Yeah. And is it the portal? Is it these extra years? Is that is that all it is? Yes, it's all of it. Yeah. It's all of it. And uh, I do, I do think that the top of the top of the sport is very good, right? Like I think Purdue is a very good basketball team. I think Arizona is a very good basketball team. I think UConn and Kansas and Marquette are very very good basketball teams. Uh, but they're all they're all just a little bit flawed. None of them are great. And it's one of those years where I feel like we have 11 teams that on a normal season would be like the number five team in the country. Mm -hmm. But there's nobody that is that in a normal year would be the number one team in the country. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, no, like you think of Atlanta fans, of course, remember 0405. Like there were two or three teams that were clearly mm -hmm. above everybody else, right? Now it's just – you know the final four we had last year. I know it's a one and done tournament, but it just feels like more teams actually have a chance to to go that far. So, um, and in the Big Ten, I, I think you see Rob like it's a deep league, but the top is it's Purdue and is anybody else really a top team? It kind of feels like college basketball at large. Yeah, it's there's there's probably I would say there's eight teams at the top of a sport that have kind of separating themselves i would yeah. put houston there i'd put purdue there i'd put arizona there i'd put yukon there um i would put marquette there i would put kansas there and i would probably i'm i'm close to putting fau in that same conversation um and once you get past that like how far away is creighton really with what they can do mm -hmm. offensively i know they lost to colorado state that might say more about colorado state how far away is baylor from that conversation they don't have a big win yet but they've looked damn good when we've watched them um 
You know, we've seen Gonzaga have impressive games so far this season. North Carolina's looked really good. North Carolina put up 100 points on Tennessee the other night. Right. Tennessee's the best defensive team in the sport over the last three years. Carolina put 100 on them. Um, so it's there's there's just a lot of really good basketball being played in the sport. It's a good time to be a college basketball fan, and I'll tell you that. Yeah, and it's a good week uh, for Illinois basketball fans. It's a fun week, FAU. What, what do you think of Tennessee, Illinois? I mean, that, that could be a, a football game. Yeah, um, I don't. I'm not. I'm not 100 sold on Tennessee. You know, Rick Barnes is trying to add more offensive firepower, and I'm just not all the way bought in on this idea that he's going to stick with it. Mm-hmm. If it also means losing games, like I just right. kind of feel like coaches are going to revert to what they know best. And I think what Rick Barnes knows best is trying to win games 55 to 50 by putting out a bunch of rugby players and saying they can't call a foul on every possession. So. I don't know. I'll see what happens with Tennessee. But, look, if Dalton connect, if he's healthy, he he did his ankle against uh, North Carolina. Was that last Tuesday? Yeah. So we'll, we'll see how long that thing takes to kind of get back to where it's um, 100% right. But, you know, he, he can get 40 on any given night, but it's also one of those things where I don't necessarily trust Brick Barnes to kind of allow them to, to do that. I think Illinois, I mean, they should win that. Hmm. They should win that game. Well, Especially, is that home, right? Is that one's in Champaign? That's at Tennessee. Oh, that's at Tennessee. Yeah. It'll be loud, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'm looking forward <laughs> looking forward to being there. Well, Rob Doster, Field of 68. Uh, speaking of, have fun at Madison Square Garden, man. It's a, it's a fun place to be, and it's going to be a fun night. Appreciate the insight, man. Thanks for having me on. Great stuff from Rob Doster, Field of 68. Go check out their stuff. They're pretty dang good at it him jeff goodman and company uh enjoy all their stuff after dark especially those live podcasts our boy trevor voice doing great work with those guys as well thank you for listening to the online Enquirer podcast we got plenty going on on the website Derek piper reporting from new jersey and new york great stuff on marcus damask and terrence shannon we caught up with brad underwood earlier today and we'll have more on this huge matchup against florida atlantic we're updating everything that we see here, um, report uh, at uh, Illini Choir on the transfer portal with Illinois football. Got plenty there. Got my Clay Patterson film review. And if you're not a VIP member right now, you can get 60% off 24-7 through throwing out another great deal for you if you missed last week's 75 percent off sale 60 percent off that's more than 70 dollars in savings it's a great time to sign up for the vip membership at alana inquire right before signing day think of all the stuff we're going to cover over the next year and you're only paying a couple bucks a month for it if you want the best illinois coverage check us out at alana inquire thank you for listening to the alana inquire podcast give us a follow rating review wherever you get your podcast and check us out on youtube as well put most of our interviews up there you can see all the player coach interviews as well and we'd like to do our live pod so subscribe to us hit that notifications bell and you'll get alerted to any of those as well everybody have a great night take care of each other we'll talk to you next time right here on the alana inquire podcast bye everybody Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.